0: Oh, oh, setting up our meeting for live YouTube. Let's see how this goes.
1: Mike, which, what chip are you on again? I know we talked about it.
2: B for booze
1: Gotcha. Tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow.
1: That's
0: it.
3: All right, we're up. Pags, your hair looks amazing.
1: I uh, worked pretty hard on it today. <laughs> Even if you're not leaving the house, you still, or in my case, the hotel, you still want to look good.
3: Oh yeah, man, without a doubt. You got you never you never know. You never know. Uh, where are
2: you right now? The hotel.
1: Uh that would be East Forty Seventh Street, um, just off of Third Avenue. It's a very nice establishment. Has a heated bathroom floor. Does it get in? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know if I can take that with me when I leave, but I'm gonna try.
0: All right, we are up. Uh, we got already got some people jumping in, so just real quick on the comments, I just want to make sure the sounds okay for everybody listening on on YouTube Live, and then we're gonna get rolling here, man. Uh, what's on Jeremy's lip? Ah, that's, that's yeah, my That didn't. That's take my long quarantine long
3: mustache, is what that is.
0: All right, let me do this. I just got to reposition some stuff. Let get rolling.
4: Gareth <laughs> right, yeah, tuning start. in from Texas. Nice.
0: Yeah, so we got people all over. Sound is good. So we're going to get rolling, man. So here we are. This is the first Fire Radio live stream on YouTube. And uh, I just want to – we lost Mick again. I just want to thank oh. you guys for, um, for hopping in. And, um, you know, as more people are uh, signing on, um, I am absolutely stoked to do this tonight. Um, the fun thing about the quarantine, right, outside of everybody working in the firehouses or, or the volunteers that are following or whatever, right, other than going to, you know, dealing with all that, the quarantine a lot of us to try different things or do different right. things. I mean, the fact that, you know, the four of you guys are um, social media-driven content pages that look after training and bettering the job, we've all had to find ways to... Uh, communicate our message even more so now than ever. We can't get out to conferences. We can't go do live training in the field. Many of you guys are instructors, and it's just impossible to do. So um, so we have to find different ways, and that's what I'm excited about because this whole Zoom and now you know, uh, streaming live on the different channels and putting out different types of content, it's a home run. Um, it's forced us to do that, and I love it. So tonight is no exception to the rule, man. This is a, a group of hard hitters. Um, I've worked with each and every one of you guys in different ways, whether on our podcast or different conferences or, um, you know, group conferences, things like that. So it's just exciting to have you guys here. I know a lot about all four of you, but some of the followers might not. Um, So I really just, if you guys each take like two minutes um, and just give a little background on yourself and maybe about your Instagram page that you guys do run, because I, I know that a lot of the people here tonight are here because of the positive influence that you guys are putting out. So um, Pags, you're the first one in my, in my view here. So would you mind hopping in and just, uh, just a quick background about either yourself
1: or your, your page? Sure. I figured somebody has got to break the ice. Uh, how you doing, Matt? You're the guy. Boogie down truck work. Um, work for a small four letter department that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Um, started the page cause I didn't have enough money to start a, uh, a spite store. So I started a spite page and it kind of blew up. And uh, here we are, pushing out some great original content. I think that's the biggest thing about it. Um, I've got to meet a lot of great people, uh, many of which are actually with us tonight. Awesome. Thank you, brother.
0: Chris, how about the hook in the can, bro? You guys have been around. You guys are crushing it. Numbers (laughs) fantastic. you got a great following. You're putting out good stuff. Give me a little background.
3: Uh, One of my friends actually started the page back in the day on Facebook. He had about 500 followers. He fell out of love with the fire service, gave it to me. And I was always the kid that nobody believed in. And I always felt like the younger generation could always come up. And pretty much this was like a big, listen, anybody can do it. Why not try it? And that's all it is, man. It's about fun and learning. Yeah, that's fantastic, bro. Thank you. How about yourself, man? Is
2: that me? Uh, Nick or... Nick, Nick,
5: yeah, Nick, no, Nick. Right. Good. Uh, my name is Nick Esposito. Um, I work for the city of Bridgeport, which is in Connecticut. Um, it's about a 300 person fire department. Um, my page is Truck Tactics and it came from, um, I just started posting random stuff on my own personal page about things that I was doing at work and then people actually liked it and started asking a lot of questions. Um, and so the crew that I had, I had a very senior operator and then I had two very young uh, firemen and it was just fun watching those guys learn um, and also fun watching the senior man share and so I just kind of randomly fell into it posting that stuff up people liked it so I the next one came and then the next post and that's kind of how I ended up here I guess.
0: Awesome I love it thank you Nick and Mick top floor brother your articulate posts on Instagram I love yeah. it pal.
2: Thank you Jeremy so uh, I've always kept a notebook throughout my career from uh, in the early days, even when I was a young kid, all the way up to the present day. So with that notebook, um, I was always just jotting down ideas, different fires went through and different things that happened. And, uh, through national fire radio and, and these other platforms, I, I realized there's a whole subculture of society within the fire service. And it's right here. This is it. So why not put it into an Instagram page? And I slowly did it. I hid it from all my friends and coworkers. And, uh, Now I'm out there with my face doing this, and uh, unfortunately that's an evil in this job, but here we are, we're all doing it, we're doing it together, so it's a good thing. So thank you, Jeremy, for having us on and getting out there doing this.
0: Oh, this is fantastic, man. It doesn't get much better than this. Um, This is why we do it, you know? Um, A little background Rob, too. Hop in on this, bro, but you know, the reason why we started this thing over two years ago was to do exactly this. You know, if we can afford the opportunity to uh press forward and, and get the good of the job out there whether through training whether through um you know the brotherhood the culture and the, the tradition and tell those stories um you know not everyone has the ability to be in a good firehouse not everybody's in an a company um and a lot of people struggle and we hear that struggle rob maybe you want to touch on that bro
4: i just want to start out with uh, when jeremy approached me about <clears throat> working on this and he said like he wanted to give back to the fire service and how he got so much out of the fire service. And I really related to that. And he kind of pitched the idea. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't really have much going on this year, <laughs> which is a lie. Thankfully, my wife's upstairs right now, but we were getting married. And uh, it's been uh, it's been an amazing, um, amazing ride so far, especially getting the feedback from everybody and the, uh, the different people that we've kind of made an influence on. And those who are out on that island who are <clears throat> all by themselves trying to make themselves better firefighters. And they can have a, place to go and where they're surrounded by you know other viewers and other people who want to make the fire service better and they want to improve because they know who they're here for
0: i love it thank you brother that's uh that sums it up really well and i think that also snowballs into where we're headed tonight you know it's funny when i when i kind of put this together and asked you guys to hop in with us to do a live episode um then the comment comes well what are we going to talk about you know and and uh and i know all of you guys are training pages we are not you know we're a we're a culture and tradition page, but I think we can facilitate the conversation tonight with the four of you guys um, and what your pages and what your street smart training and understanding and experiences have brought you to where you are today. And those are really some of the stories and ideas that we want to share tonight. And I think rolling into this, um, you know, a big comment and question that we were talking about the other night is: is today's training failing to adequately prepare our firefighters for the fireground today? And I think that's a that's a big drawn out sentence, but in reality, is today's training what we're teaching in the probie schools and then through the firehouse and up into these guys becoming um, a staple in their fire company? Are we doing the right thing? Are we are we checking boxes or are we actually teaching?
2: I'll take it. If, uh, yeah, please huh. yeah, yeah, this is
4: this is
2: go, man. Let's roll. Um, I think we. I don't necessarily think we're failing, but I think there's, I think the system's broken. Where, yeah, you have your instructors and and the programs throughout Fire One all the way to the highest levels, where the instructors are governed to teach a certain way, and and that's okay, and that's the way it should be. You should be governed to a point, but I think there's a huge disconnection when you leave the fire academy and you get to that firehouse or you get to that fire floor, like I'd say, um, the basic little things are are lost, and that whole concept of all right, kid, this is how we teach it. Know this for the test. And when you get to your firehouse, that's the way it's going to be. That's where the system fails because not everyone gets to go to that busy firehouse. Not everyone gets that senior guy or that mentor to take it to the next level. And that's where, the, and that's where we're falling apart. And I think that is where um, the problem lies mainly. Uh, and that comes not only from the senior guy, but it comes from that middle of the road guy. Even that senior probe that gets there, that shows you the way. If it wasn't started from here with that senior guy, bringing it all the way down to that newest probie, it's gotta be flawless. And if it's not flawless, and nothing's flawless in this job, and that's the problem that, uh, that's the problem and that's where you're gonna fail.
0: Chris, you're shaking your head, bro. Don't be afraid to jump
3: in. (laughs) No, so um, I I agree with him 100%, man. There is a disconnect and the biggest thing, uh, I know every good instructor we have ever done or all the instructors I work with, they always say, don't let this be your last step in learning. You know, don't let this be uh, your final training. And don't just come to us. Go to other academies. Go to other people. Take classes. Subscribe to certain uh, social media accounts. The biggest problem that we have though with the disconnect is in the state of New Jersey. We work with uh, JPRs, and you have to you have to pass a certain test in order to get something. One of them is like tying into a hydrant. You can literally forget to unwrap the hydrant and charge it and guess what you hit seven of the eight marks you pass so we can only we always tell people like we teach you just enough to um, to kill you that that's pretty much what it comes down to and what the top floor is talking about a hundred percent you know the way i teach you is the, is through the book but every department operates completely different from everybody else and that's, that's probably the biggest problem we have because when we have, you can always tell when a guy has been in the firehouse for a while and you'll ask him, for example, for all of us here, when we call a hose roller, what is that? It's something we drain the five inch with, right? We roll out the hose, but in the academy, a hose roller is something that you actually throw on the edge of a window and roll the hose up so it doesn't have edge protection. So th- th- that's, that's the thing with the, the schooling and the books, we can only teach so much. And unfortunately in Jersey, the, the hours are not crazy. You go out west, they have academies for like six months, nine months that they're doing this stuff. It's a yeah, little bit Chris, different.
0: Do, you, do you find on the formalized academy training that we're just checking boxes?
3: With certain instructors, yeah. I, I do believe with certain instructors, yes. For instructors who are in the streets and the ones who understand that it's a concrete building and there's a difference between a concrete building and an actual structure building, that, yeah on, But that's the way the disconnect happens. Sometimes we have fire, fire instructors who, unfortunately, they're – think about it. They're, they're like strippers. All they care about is your money. They'll make you happy. And then as soon as you leave, they don't care about you. I like that.
4: It doesn't sound like
0: yeah. any strippers I know.
3: So, uh,
0: Nick, I
4: want to meet your strippers.
0: Yeah, because I know, you know, teaching and instructing is big for you. Um, maybe you can hit on the formalized training. And then where I really want to take this thing is navigate it to the company level training.
5: So I, I do believe that the the vast majority of the textbooks are flawed I think the curriculum is flawed I know it's not you know schools don't like to hear that but you know when you write a curriculum based on a consensus standard of people that are in a room and then you try to boil it down and give everybody their little point that they like it, it just becomes so irrelevant um, and then unfortunately you do end up teaching to the JPR not because you want to but because you have to um, you know the only two is is you know, either side of it, the, the, the paid side or the volunteer side, it's very hard to justify extended hours. First of all, volunteer departments don't necessarily have the, the money to pay for it. Volunteers, their time is already tight and they're learning all sorts of crazy stuff. Like hazmat is actually like the, the jewel of fire one, which is a joke, um, but whatever. Um, so my takeaway from it has always been that we tell you what to do and how to do it, but we never take that next step and teach you the why you're doing it, or when you're supposed to do it, right? And so JPR, everybody sees the 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 pavement is all scarred at the window, and that's where you put the 24, the butt of the 24. There's no thought process behind it because they just want to throw the ladder and pass. They're not thinking about why do I throw the ladder there and and things like that. So, um, which is a mindset, exactly. right? I mean, we gotta we gotta
0: teach
1: mindset. Right. And, and Jeremy, I think, and, and so to piggyback off of what Nick's saying, I agree with, with what everybody is, is, is stating. Obviously, we're testing to a standard, and we have to be able to test aptitude. Um, and, but unfortunately, we're also setting these students up uh, for failure. We're, we're putting them into buildings with, a lot of times, they are Class B buildings. Uh, you know, I haven't gone into uh, an actual fire yet and just had a flaming gas fed bed, but that's what we're actually putting (laughs) these students through. And then when we are using true class A materials, it's some pallets and hay. And unfortunately it's just giving them a false sense of security. I don't personally teach at an academy. Uh, I have been through a couple of them, each one of them being significantly different, but again, they're all teaching um, for a purpose so that they can check those boxes off. We need to do more than that. And kind of what we stated a little bit earlier, as far as when they get into the firehouse, it really depends on where you go. Uh, I started off like many people in here in a volunteer service. We were only really able to drill, or I should say organized drill once a month. So that was, or I'm sorry, once a week, apologize, once a week. I could obviously go down to the firehouse whenever I wanted and get my hands on equipment, but I didn't have that mentorship there um, other than that one time a week. Whereas you know, going out and being a paid fireman, it's a little bit different and and we're actually surrounding ourselves with crews and we're able to learn a little bit more from them yeah and i i think
0: too uh, you know just thinking of the structured academy when we take the day one probie and then we get them to the we get them to the company right so really in, in a structured academy we're teaching fundamentals mm. we're teaching little theory right and then really what i find now it seems to be the norm is the academy is pushing them out and then putting it back on the department to really try to mold shape and groom um you know, they're, they're probies. And, and I
4: also, I whatever. also think it depends on the academy that you're, you're running like uh, some of like, like Matt's uh, four letter department has an academy that's very specific for them where they fit into that mold. But like right now, currently we're sending our guys to the state academy and you have, I think probably 40 different instructors from 40 different departments who are throwing out information. And like the guys came back to it today and we were like, why are you having trouble with lines? And they're like, well, we've been doing the triple layer load. And like, we don't use that. And that's, and they're like, well, they, our instructors are swearing by it. They're like, this is the one. So it's-
0: And, and there is that disconnect, right? I mean, yeah. that disconnect. What Then what I love is the company, right? I love the individual company training. I like the influence of the junior, senior, and the senior man um, influencing the young kid in the firehouse. And I think, Mick, you hit on it before that it comes from, you know, there's a senior man culture, but there's also that like, Proby that's the next one up in line when the new proby comes in that has so much to offer, so much to teach. On the company level, I think it's it's almost more important uh, than the the fundamentals of the academy.
2: Yeah, I don't think that um with the parameters of the senior man you should really be taking care of the true training on the firehouse. It should be that eight, ten year guy who has some experience, has learned from the guys that are now the senior guys running the firehouse. But that middle of the road to bring in the next level up to speed. And that's the problem. And that's where the real problem lies when you get to certain firehouses is that that middle of the road spent a lot of time on the couch and they fall into that vortex. And it happens to the best of them sometimes. Listen, we, we all go through slumps. And, uh, and if you say you never did, then, you know, then you're lying. Like I, like I said, we talked about that during, you know, we all kind of hit a slump in your career. Absolutely. And um, the problem is identifying that slump and not being, Scared or embarrassed to come out and say, you know what? I've been here for eight years, and I don't know if you throw a portable fly in or fly out, if it really makes a difference. No, I don't know. And talk about that, learn about that. And this social media thing is great. I don't want to go down the social media rabbit hole right now, but um, for that eight ten year guy who didn't pay attention to the senior guys and kind of was just gating through, doing the right thing. Great guy. Everyone loves him. One of those good dudes, you know. And there's the fire service is full of them. Now they have the phone where, you know what, I'm going to run a drill today and go through Instagram and see who's in there and say, okay, this looks like a good thing to talk about, you know, go over it, brush your teeth, dot your eyes, and then bring that to the younger guys. And that's, I see that happening more and more that these guys that are kind of laid back are now secretly getting into the job and bringing that to the younger generation. And that's pulling us in the right direction. I love that. I love that. It's Awesome.
0: Nick what do you got on this what about the company training right from the from the uh, from the junior guy with a few years in to the influence of a senior man and even the officers influence in the company but you know I mean you've you've been doing this uh, for, for a few days now so um, maybe you can speak to that a little bit about how important that company culture is um, especially in the training aspect
5: well you know the, the tough thing with the company culture coming from the senior man is you have to be lucky enough to have that senior man. Um, and, and I know that it's not necessarily the norm to have a good, strong senior man that's motivated into the company, uh, likes to talk about the job, likes to go to fires and likes to help people learn. Um, I was fortunate I did have that, that situation. Um, so the neat thing for me was the dynamic of watching the senior guy very patiently, very methodically, um, break skills down and, uh, let the, the the younger guys understand it. Um, and more importantly, um, you know, he could do it with, um, a way that, that it mattered, right. I can, as the officer, I'm the figurehead. I say, you have to do this and then we'll go out and do it. And then it's just because maybe they think I'm checking a box. But when it comes from the senior man, that's that legitimacy, um, and also you know he may put his spin on it based upon the things that he's run into the the construction in the district and stuff like that. So that really does help out if you can have that situation. I think there's there's a lot to be gained from it. One other thing too with the senior man yeah. though is that you know don't don't think you have to have that perfect senior man. Everybody that's been on the job for a while has something to share right? So, so get the nuggets out and, and the rest of it, you can kind of move on a little bit, but but there are good things to be found from everybody.
4: Chris, can you talk about the young senior man?
3: It's a uh, something we came up with when I started my job. Uh, it was a guy he's only on for three years and we have house watch. So every single day house watch has to be opened up at six 30. You know, you got to open up the gates. You got to raise the flag, uh, do the house watch book and everything else. I got up at six o'clock in the morning and this guy Armstead, he actually woke up at 530 and opened up the gates, raised the flag and everything else. And I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? Let me do my, you know, I would have done it. He's like, no, but now we have time to go over more stuff. So he actually, without saying anything, and there was a class before him as well and after him, he took, he took it upon himself to wake up to show me the ropes, anytime we had a problem, he showed me the SOPs, the SOGs, our union contract. he went over every single thing in the morning. And every single morning when I had house watch, he would wake up also just to make sure that I'm doing my job and helping me out with it. So the one thing I found out with the young senior man is when we taught it, is anybody can teach, just like uh, Nick said, I found out recently that I learned the same amount of stuff from a bad officer and a good officer. Because the bad officer, I find out what I don't wanna do and what a situation I don't wanna put myself in. And a good officer teaches me other stuff as well. But you can learn from anybody. It doesn't matter if it's the the guy who has 20 years on a job, five years on a job, two years on a job. The class just came in, we have two locksmiths. You know, we have a mechanic. So learning from everything, a senior man doesn't necessarily have to be the guy with 22 years on a job. Anybody can step up and lead.
0: I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Bags, <clears throat> what do you have on this topic, brother? You got you coming from a very structured, uh, structured environment where you know there's there is a pecking order and uh,
1: and col- company culture is imperative. Oh, huge, absolutely. I, I guess I'm going to kind of differ a little bit from Mick in the fact that probably one of my uh, best instructors and and probably the one who had the most influence on me was a true senior man. Uh, it was when I started in a volunteer department. Um he was a, a former chief. Uh he actually ran the junior program and uh really took a lot of passion in that. Uh and, and uh, he actually recently passed away after serving that department for, for close to 60 years. And even up to the you know the, the last uh couple months, he was still had an active role in teaching. Now granted his some of his tactics might have been a little outdated. But his passion was still there, and he still had those little nuggets here and there. Uh, but but stepping back from that, you know, there are also junior guys that have that unique kind of charisma about them, and are and are almost natural born teachers. Um, some of which maybe even having a teacher background, kind of like what Chris was just talking about. Everyone kind of comes from a different background. If you were an elevator mechanic, that's awesome. Teach us something about elevators. If you were a plumber before you came on this job, we're gonna, we're gonna draw a lot from you. Um, so it's, it's kind of unique to kind of tap everyone uh, for their abilities. And it's important no matter how much time they have to, uh, to kind of listen to them and uh, respect what they have to say.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think everybody brings a lot to the table. I think we have to be willing to let people bring something to the table and then we gotta be able to wanna learn. I have something written down before when we were talking about it. I have obligations on the individual, though. I think hey,
5: Jeremy. Yeah, go ahead, brother. Can I just add to what Matt yeah. said, because he brought up a great point. You know, the, the true like way senior man, the, the 40, 50 year member. Um, what's neat about those guys, first of all, they love it when uh, somebody that, that's as, as old as our grandchildren try to interact with them about the fire stuff. But also what you can get from that is you may not get the latest and greatest tactic, but I think what's missed a lot is how did we get to 2020 when you were doing it in 1970? And so like for my job, a lot of guys, they didn't understand why we had two lines at different lengths or, or why do we stretch the two and a half and then flake off of it this way instead of another way? And then when you find out the history of the department and why we used to do that, and we still do it. It's not that we used to do it. It's just we're not doing it as often. It really does help to fill in the gaps. And and so that super senior man is is a great asset because it's fun to get the history. It's fun to kind of keep that going down the road. But also you can really learn about why your department does things a certain way. Even if you might think it's the stupidest thing, and then you talk to, to a senior guy and suddenly you're like, oh wow, now it all makes sense. And I and to I, go off that um, I love those I'm
2: sorry. Yeah. yeah.
5: To go off that Nick and
2: Matt both what you said. Matt, you said a thing passion, and that's and that's something that is not taught something that's shown and that's and that's shown by example and that's where those guys really are key my senior guy where i work got you know 40 years like the guy's tremendous still the first one dressed still the first one on the rig hangs out rides rides to the rides to the hour every time like the guy's tremendous and um that's something that he doesn't teach it's something that he shows and that's and that's what you really get from those true senior guys you know
0: I love it. And, and it comes down to the individual, right? That's where I was kind of headed with this is the obligation I think falls on the individual. We as a company have a responsibility to pass on the storytelling, the stories, the culture, the tradition, Nick, what you talked about, what shaped us to who we are and why we operate the way we do. Right. And then, but there's, we tend to shy away from this conversation about the ownership of it, the individual ownership. I think it's easy to blame others. I think it's easy to point the finger Uh, And I'm talking about responsibility, not just of the probie, but the responsibility of the more senior guys in that company also that have to pass on that understanding of what the company is all about and that company culture and and the storytelling. We, we have an obligation
1: to pass that on. Jeremy, I'll tell you, I'll take it from two aspects there. Negative is very easy to project upon to others instead of actually looking at yourself. And a lot of times, so if you are that that eight-year, ten-year, fifteen-year guy, and you've been sitting on the couch for for maybe the last five, seven years, you know you don't want to actually say I can't do something. You don't want to look bad. We're all alpha males, for the most part. We're all alpha dogs, no matter what, what gender you are. That's what, just our personalities. That's what drove us into the fire service. So we don't want to be shown up by somebody else who just came onto the block. And you know, sticking with that newer guys have to also take some sort of initiative when they come out of the academy. You know, it, it's not just, you can't expect go in the firehouse and for people to just start teaching you things, you got to come into the firehouse with an attitude of asking questions and wanting to learn and, and attending classes outside of your job. You know, you really have to, you want to just continue to push yourself to be better at your job and make yourself the best that is out there i agree tons you want to
0: hop in on this because i mean you know we got a little chat going too and you, you got a few comments about that and i agree brother can you hit on that
4: unmute yourself <laughs>
3: <laughs> biggest thing is uh don't be scared if, so- if somebody knows more than you and this is something i found out you know with my my position so I'm a young, I've only been on the job for five years now, and I had good officers. And what they would always do is, you know, you still respect the rank of an officer, 100% no matter what. I understand that. What they would do is they would come to me and they would ask me a question. Hey, listen, what do you think about this? What's the newest terminology with this? They were not scared of having somebody know more than them. And what they did is it actually showed, hey, listen, anybody can teach you something. Doesn't matter how long you've been on. But I've had other people also that since I've only been off, let's say for two years, well, I can't let this kid show me up. I can't let this kid teach anything because like what Boogie Down just said, they don't want to be embarrassed. So as a one thing I learned as a, a younger guy is if I'm teaching and I'm teaching a group of senior firefighters, I always get that senior firefighter to be on my side. I'll tell them, hey, listen, we're teaching ladders today. Can you go over the 24 extension ladder and just show everybody how they do it? Because if I get the senior guy to help me out and teach, everybody's also going to listen to me then because they, I had the respect of the senior man. I had the respect of the officer.
1: I like that. I like that. I think uh, it makes that easier too. And I found a lot of times recently, I found myself, I guess, in that middleman role at this point. And and I have a a, a passion to, to be sharing all the knowledge that I personally have with anybody that's willing to listen, even when they're, they're a lot of times not willing to listen. But if you go to the junior guy, and start to build them up as well. Actually say, "Hey, what do you want to you know, we're going to drill on the fast pack tonight. I'm going to give you 20 minutes go print out everything on the fast pack, get yourself, you know, maybe re familiarize yourself with it, and then you're going to go ahead and run this drill because eventually that person is going to be in that position where they will be running the drills and will be taking the initiative.
4: Do you guys think that there's a uh, like a culture of like a, being afraid to fail because I've I'd like to encourage people like to fail in the training ground and fail around us because that's the time to do it and there's a lot of times where people are nervous about being like hey i don't know how this works but i'm if i don't if i admit that maybe i'm gonna look like i'm not doing my job but i'm like hey tell me if you don't know this because then we can we can work on this
3: i love i love when people fail i i absolutely love when people fail especially at the academy when we're training and i tell people all the time if you did it perfect every single time, what happens if a situation came up that really screwed you up and you couldn't solve it? I'd rather you fail here because every I am not perfect by any means, but the only thing I am perfect at is I'm perfect at never making the same mistake twice. So that's what I love at the academy is when people fail at this stuff and it's like, all right, well, maybe why, why didn't it work for you? Well, I stretched this way. Okay, now you know never to do that again. We learn more from our failures sometimes than our successes, and I absolutely love that Fail, man, it's okay. on the fire yeah, it, downs,
1: it, It's good to embrace it. Oh my God, 100
3: percent, bro. 100
1: percent. One of my favorite quotes, "I would rather do something and fail than to not, do, do not, yeah, excuse me, something and fail than to do nothing and succeed." And it's yeah. true. A lot of guys are just very content doing nothing and not bettering themselves instead of actually trying to put themselves out there and uh, be willing to fail. Right, and but we could take it another way too. Um, you know, we get a lot
0: of messages because we do talk about tradition and culture, and we talk about uh, the way the firehouse is and the dynamics. We get a lot of people, um, especially younger firefighters, that reach out that basically are throwing out a life rope and saying, "We need help." Um, you know, our culture is lacking. Uh, nobody wants to train. There's a lack of initiative. There's a lack of care, um, and so on. And where I'm taking this is is very much this. You know, you guys talk about failing. I think part of a lot of what we're dealing with um, are managers that might not have the answers and can't fail in front of their uh, firefighters, if you will. And I think what happens then is that becomes more of an uncomfortable environment where it's more of a standoff, do what I tell you type atmosphere, which really pushes people away or pushes them in a different direction. Um, where we need to be. It's not so much embracing because they are feeling threatened, right? When you have a manager or a leader or a senior guy that doesn't have that answer, it most of the time they get threatened. They don't find it as an opportunity to learn and let their guard down because Matt, like you said, we are a lot of alpha dogs in this industry. So we'd rather push the person away and move on than address the issue. Um, I think that's happening a lot, a lot in, in fire companies these days Um, where, you know, people are asking more and more questions. The younger generation obviously likes to ask the the question, why? I have four kids. I hear why. I think that's probably the most used word in my house every single day, you know. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation, though, when our leaders might not have all the answers and they're being asked why. I think it comes down to individual character about how they handle themselves and answer that question.
5: Well, I mean, there's so much to, to that right there. Just to back up real quick, there's so much learning that can be done in the recovery. If you make a mistake, like Chris said, it's, it's almost better because if you make a mistake at three in the afternoon on the training ground and you you figure out what it looked like when you did it wrong and you fix it, and now you know what it looks like when, it, when it's going right. When I need you to do it right the first time at three in the morning, now you're programmed to have that recovery mechanism, which is so much better than this is rote check in the box thing. Um, yeah, so we have a big problem with our leadership, um, and I'm not saying any specific one, but just in general, this this whole um, mindset where they have to be perfect in their way or the highway. And and the reality is, like, if you want to nurture people, let them run, you know, yeah. show them what their bounds are, and 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 let them do their thing. Set the expectation, and and we have to get away from this whole thing where we we actually. Are worried about how they're doing it specifically it's like if i tell you i need you to, to ladder the rear of the building look there's there's three floors and, and smoke's blowing out of the third floor i think you should know to grab a 35 and throw it to a third floor window it, it shouldn't be i shouldn't have to tell you how to do it exactly and then if you grab a 28 instead but it still worked good for you we'll talk about it but it, it wasn't bad it, you know it, that's not a failure
4: I think when I started in Poughkeepsie, there was a great fireground officer, uh, Dave Sipes, who's the captain, and he said to us in our probationary year, he said, D's the objective. If you go ABC to get there or C B A, just try not to be B A C when you're here on the job. But uh, he's like on all honesty, as long as you get to that objective, get to that objective and don't get hung up in the check boxes and and the procedures, because as long as the job gets done, you know, that that's what we're all about. And I thought that was one of the most, like the strongest things I learned in my, in my, you know, probationary year.
5: God rest his yeah, soul. That's a great lesson. And, and that's a great standard to have. And unfortunately, the vast majority of places don't have that, that mindset. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of.
1: For those who teach in the academy, do they actually give the why or are they just following those JPRs? And um, so all depends they, on the instructor. Yeah, I, I wonder if they give the why there. I, but I, don't, I don't
3: think they do. I always tell, I always, uh, whenever I'm teaching, you know, whenever we're doing something, they tell, uh, okay, so what are you doing? I'm looking above. All right, why are you looking above? Because uh, that's what we're told to do. No, you're looking above for obstructions. You're looking to see if there's wires or anything else. You're looking to see if there's a person out out the window. You're looking to see if there's somebody on the ground that just jumped out the window. I don't care if you know how to do it. I want to make sure you know why you're doing it. That's my mm-hmm. biggest thing whenever I'm teaching. I always, and also the instructors I'm with that are solid guys. They always want to make sure that that's great. Anybody can read a book. Anybody can know how to do something, but I want to know why you're doing it this way. Like, why are you hooking up that outlet that way? Well, the red wire goes here. Why? That's the way it always does. Do you know why though? What happens if you put it the other way? I don't know. I always do it this way.
2: You should know what happens if you do it wrong. A hundred percent, bro. You know, Jeremy, you always talk about how it should be the probing asking the questions right they have to come in with with that with that drive to understand and learn um we all know that our job is reactive instead of proactive and i think that's a lot of this not so much disconnect but you have to think we start every single tour when we go to work every single one we start it in reverse we started with the past yeah we're checking the rig but we're checking the rig because in the past this went wrong with it, or the saw wasn't filled up or the cylinder was empty, everything we do is reactive. I think, and I like to say the whole future of the next level of this is to weaponize your mind in the sense where you can look past the reactive and be proactive. And that's gonna make you the next generation of, of a great fireman is understanding that, yes, everything you do is in order for a reason and why we do it and that's been passed on. And we've run drills for reasons and we do down firefighter removal. We have a fast pack and we do a life-saving room. We do all these certain things because we are living in the past. I think where the true disconnect comes from, once we get past the basics of, of using tools and forcing doors and pulling ceilings, all that, now it's time to, to train this, right? Drill on your mind, get that squared away where you can be looking ahead, not necessarily training on the past. Understand you pull up to a building, your mind is already... At letter C-D-E-F-G, thinking about where you need to be, the spots you have to fill, and what's going to happen when you get there. And if things are different when you get there, that's when you start to understand when things start to go wrong. And when things start to go wrong and identifying that, that's going to bring your training back to that reaction of the stuff you're learning about being reactive instead of proactive.
5: You know, something too that I think younger guys and girls don't understand is that they see a senior uh, firefighter, everything seems to come natural and they do it and everything goes great. And then when they're done, they clean their stuff and and then it's just natural and that's how it's supposed to be. They don't realize that that it's really a twofold issue. First of all, they they had a career of screw ups to get to that point, but also they've learned that the fire ground isn't exactly what you just said. It's not one decision. It's a series of very small decisions and minor corrections. So knowing your role, knowing where you're you're seated that day and and your tool assignments and things like that, that whole prep goes a long way. But then once you finally get on that scene, the fire gets a vote, the construction gets a vote, all those things. Don't make one big, crazy decision. It's chip away and make small decisions. And then from there, you can make modification. And that's where you're going to become successful. And that's the hard thing to really teach is that slowing down will actually speed things up.
2: Slow is fast in this job. We always say, from getting dressed to forcing doors to pulling ceilings. Slow is fast.
0: Mick, I love I love the way you speak about the job because you talk about do it with purpose and be a gentleman. Um, I love that. I think that's missing. I think a lot of that type of mentality is missing. I think we're I think we're losing the gentleman. I think we're losing the uh, now that we're not allowed to handshake anymore, but. You know, just that type of, go ahead,
5: Nick, Nick Esposito. I'll tell you a funny story. So I I get on my job and I'm just like everybody else. I'm running a hundred miles an hour. I want to do everything. I don't want to screw up and I want to please everybody. So I I go to a job and um, I'm with a buddy of mine. He's on another company and he's a bigger guy. And, um, you know, we have a few years on. And so there's this other kid that just came on and he's, he's a big kid too. And he like hooks the ceiling three times and taps out. And my buddy's like, dude, you're giving fat guys a bad name. Slow down. You'll get it. We're going to pull the ceiling. We're going to open the walls. Take your time. You know, and, and that was like, for me, it clicked. It's like, you know, yeah, kind of funny, making fun of the fat kid. But the reality was, look, just slow down, you know, and that's what all these old timers did. Nobody was moving fast. Nobody was moving crazy. It was economy of movements and all these other things that really allowed them to just do the work and, and almost seem like it was effortless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's important, right? I mean, I, I think about the firehouse I think about the young kids in my firehouse and I you know they're wide-eyed and they're they're always watching you know I mean we we always want to say that they're not that they got their heads down or they're but they're not right when we engage them they're watching and they're taking it all in and they're watching that senior man move with a purpose and they're watching how you interact and tell a story in a group I think all of that's important too and that kind of rolls into just firehouse culture right I mean this group here is for we all believe firmly in the company culture and understanding where you've come from and, and making sure that we pass it on as we go. And I think it's so important for the younger guy to really get a grasp of how to carry themselves um, in the firehouse culture as well around the kitchen table, um, being a part of a company. You know, a lot of people these days, uh, you know, they're more introverted, they're not a company oriented type uh, person. And sometimes we have to work harder than ever to make them part of a group. How do we instill that into them that you know they, they need to be a part and, and need to um, bring their own yet comply to what the group needs and wants
2: and desires? Anyone? I always, I always say you can't force someone to be a fireman. You can you can try really hard, but when it's all said and done. If they tune out and they want to be an introvert, you can't force them. And unfortunately, you just have to deal with that problem. I don't know what the answer is. and That's a good question, Jeremy. I just don't know what the answer is. Um, I always say good guys gravitate to good places. Yeah. And the shit bags gravitate to shitty places. And you hope yeah. if that guy continues not to conform with what the guys are doing, he will find his place. And, and, that, and that's it. And then hopefully that is the answer. But... I don't know what you guys think so about that, but the my first opinion, day you can't, can't force them. You can't force them to do it. The first day you got to get them. That's the biggest
3: thing. The first day they come to the firehouse, the first day they come to their shift, whatever it is, the very first day, if you don't tell them what you are expect, like the first day I, I went into work, my battalion chief took me to the office. He said straight up, like, listen, this is a family. All right. Yes, we have a job to do, but this is a family. If you're ever having a bad day at home or something else, you let us know. You got to go upstairs and take a nap. You take a nap, but you better be damn well. If the bell hits, you're sliding that pole. But he told us exactly what he expected from us, exactly what he wanted us to do, what the outcomes were going to be. And he he's told us, you just hit the lottery. It's the best job in the world. So if you don't get them within that first day, that first week, that's the thing. You got
2: to let them know what you want. You know what the problem is also, Jeremy, with that, is that there, there's, there's not enough fires anymore is the problem. You, you would get a guy like that that wouldn't conform. And okay, then you get asked to pick a job that afternoon. And the next thing you know, his papers in, it, and he's going somewhere else. So that's the problem. Kit bags can hide out in really good places, and that's a shame. It's just a life for a living, man. I think all of us right here in this panel should have been fired 50 years ago. But we're, I mean, we're yeah. living it now. So,
1: you know, uh, Mike, Mike, I'm going to jump in and say, kind of the almost. Yeah. I don't want to say the opposite, but I almost think if we had more fires, it might bring some guys closer as well. Good then you point. Very good point. How much you depend on one another. Um, and, you know, it's easy to sit around the, the kitchen table and, and pick out who's not cooking. But when you're actually putting your life out there, when you're actually in the heat of battle, you realize how much you depend on one another to do the job. And that will bring you closer together.
2: I, I like that, Matt. Thank you for correcting me because I had a negative...
1: I had a negative idea in there. You brought me
2: around to. I'm trying to keep it positive (laughs) in this day and age, my friend. No, I do. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, that's that's nice, man. You
4: know. I I think about like Mo Davis talking about like not essentially shaming guys, but like if the whole company and you can get other people in that company positive, like the introvert, the person sitting back, they're either going to like get with the program or they're going to be like, hey. Like you said, they'll put those transfer papers in, but I think the like the positive is always better than a negative. So if everybody's engaged or having that, like I know it's a good time, but they're having a good, like they're all training together. They're enjoying it. It's not a tedious task. Like like we, I mean, with hell with coronavirus, we've been deconning everything, constantly spraying stuff down. Every time the ambulance comes back to the station, it's getting wiped down. And when I first thought like, man, we're gonna have to do this, but every everybody on the shift pitches in and this thing that we thought was going to be like this you know big task is over and done with in five minutes. the The ambulance is ready to go for the next call, and the crew and everybody is back sitting around the coffee table talking about it, and being like, "Man, how do we do this before?" Um, so I think company pride, like if even if you do have that one person, if everybody's all in, so to speak, except for this one person, they're either going to leave, like Mickey said, or they're going to kind of come around and be like, "Hey," because nobody wants to. I mean, I don't I don't really think the introverts want to sit there on that couch, you know, especially when everybody's engaged. I yeah. mean, maybe there's some of them that do. I don't doubt it. But
1: some people you just can't shame, Rob. You know that. Yeah. So, Chris, I feel that like you were very lucky that you were able that chief grabbed you the first day. But right. I can imagine if you were on another shift, uh, you know, it's very possible you could have slipped through the cracks and, uh, you know, you do see it happen. And that's why I feel that people do make moves out there. They realize there is other things, uh, other opportunities for themselves. Uh, but, but I do believe a lot of that comes through ser- self-motivation uh, and, and a lot of it, like, like Nick was saying, you, you just can't teach. It's one of, you know, it's, they always talk about the, you know, that list of uh, things that take no, you know, take no skill, right. You know, one of them just showing up, be present you know take an interest that's really all it is but it doesn't take any skill for those things
5: you know a big thing too is that um and i've kind of used this a lot is that you can't sit on the couch if we're not in the firehouse so mm-hmm. you know as an officer i have that luxury come on
0: not gonna be your next sticker by the way
5: It may be, I I got a a thing that that everybody seems to be hot for too. So I don't know, but, um, Nick. yeah, but so that, that's like a big thing. And, and, um, you know, a guy that I, I, I took a lot from, and he got it from Rex Morris is train them up or train them out, you know? And so we would go out and and train and, and even if we weren't training hard, we're, we're looking at buildings, we're talking about neighborhoods um where hey you're on the road hey how's your, how's your wife doing what's your kids up to and you're trying to get them to buy in and, and all of those different family type environments you, you kind of get right out of the rig you know hey we're going to stop and get italian ice we get an italian ice place you know and then sit there for a half hour have an italian ice and just talk next thing you know they start to get invested and, and you know that kind of does work out the other thing too whether they liked it or not i would go out you know if we had a late night run you know 11 o'clock 12 o'clock there was a a big type two vacant not not far from our firehouse guess who's throwing ladders at 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night this guy right and so you either liked it or you didn't and and you either figured out that we were going to keep doing it until you said you liked it and then we wouldn't do it anymore or we're just going to keep doing it you know so um and then the other thing that we would do is you know if you set the standard as an officer or the senior man you know use the other members to your advantage so if you have a guy on the company that's that's the same age or maybe a little older than this, this problem employer, this vulnerable employee, that's the whole good cop part. Hey buddy, what's going on? Listen, these guys are really cool. We're having a lot of fun here. We like you here. Those guys told me to come and tell you, you know, you're, you're doing a good job, keep doing a good job. And then if that doesn't work, now you put the senior man on them and say, Hey bro, listen, you know, our company's a proud company. We really, you know, like what we're doing and we, you know, our turnout times fast gets the buy-in there. And then finally, if it, if it gets to the point where they're, they're coming to see me, you know, then, then it's kind of hard to reel that one in.
0: Yeah, you hit on something too, Nick, which I just want to hop back to a little bit. You said they got to be invested, talking about family, talking about knowing who you're working with. Mick, when you were on our show, brother, a couple of weeks ago, you talked about this at length, about how important it is on the actual buy-in, right? It's one thing to be in the company and to, to run come down to Paul, run out the door, 10, 5, 20 times a shift, right? It's another thing yeah. to be invested into that company culture, right? Knowing families, knowing the kids of you, the guys you're riding with, knowing. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I really, that was one of the real strong points that I enjoyed during our episode with you was the buy-in that you think is so important.
2: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think I said on your show is that the fires are just the bonus. The, like the brotherhood, the job is the, is the family. And this, and I don't mean family. is like, all right, we're going to drinking tonight. I mean family. Like, I want to know your kids' names. I want to know how they're doing the sports. You know, I want to know your wife's name. I want to know how work is, and and what's going. on. I want to know what you're doing with your family every weekend. And The first thing I even come in. How was your weekend? How was your day? This and that. You have to take it to that level because when shit goes wrong on the fire floor, it's not about one and two. It's about one or four in my case, and one in his case maybe six family members i'm talking so my four yeah. his 6 i'm gonna make the push to get that six not just that one dude who made a great meal the night before or he pissed me off because he didn't pick up my floor no i know his kids and i saw him at the christmas party and they were playing with my kids you know that's that's truly what this job is about and without that without that that, that mindset on the fire floor i don't think we'd be very successful to be honest with you and 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 if you don't identify that, then then you're not going to be successful on the fire force.
1: Mike, when you when you, you made that statement right there, I automatically thought about Joey DiBernardo and what he did for for Jeff Cool. and that's exactly. exactly it right there. When I mean, you talk about him, you know, throwing the rope, you know, them exchanging the rope, and talking about the fact that that Jeff, you have kids, you know, and that's really now what let's, going And let and like you're saying, let's imagine Joey didn't know that
2: because, you know what he watched too many episodes of whatever was Netflix that was that, a few months ahead of time. and didn't really talk about the kids. Like, those moments don't happen then. And then what happens? You know what I'm saying? Those moments is what truly really make the job.
0: Wow. That was, uh, that was powerful. I don't know if everyone yeah. knows what you guys are referring to. Um, but, uh, I don't, I mean, would you mind just exploring that a little bit further or no? I mean, I, I know you guys are very close to it, but, you know, um,
1: you're referring, <laughs> I don't know if I can perp- I don't know if I can actually do it justice. I, I no, would- I know that. I know that. But it, it refers back to. Sure. Obviously, um, you know what they refer to as Black Sunday. Now, uh, the fire on 178th Street. Um, when when the, the guys were uh, from twenty seven and three were up on the uh, top floor, conditions rapidly changed, and right. uh, they were forced to uh, jump out the windows. And uh, there was an exchange uh, outside the window about who was gonna go. Uh, Joey had a rope um, and it was uh, between Joey and Jeff Cool about uh, who was gonna go out first. And, and uh, Joey said, you know, Jeff, you go, uh, you, you know, uh, you got kids and then uh, I'll lower you down. And then, and then Joey ended up going afterwards.
0: And, and just sitting here, I mean, I'm like, I, I've heard the story um, from people that were directly involved and, and so on. And it's just, it's a really moving story, but Mick, it really hits on what, you're talking about on this buy-in. And Nick, you mentioned it too. The buy-in and knowing who you're with. I mean, the company culture goes farther than the ball busting and running fires, right? Like Mick, you said it's 10%. Going to fire is 10% of the job, right? The rest of it is yeah. everything that comes with it. Um, and that's the culture. I think so many people, so many guys and girls on this job are looking for it and they're having a hard time finding it. Um, there was a there was a uh, comment just before in the scroll in the feed that said, um, you know, I work uh I work a 48 and he's like uh here, I got right. currently by my new department. We work 48s. We have one meal together and after training everybody seems to disappear to the bunks. He goes, I need help. It's hard. It's hard. That's I got
2: something for that. I mean, I got something for that. Yeah, do it, man. Because people are looking for advice here. So this is kind of piggybacking off what you we guys were speaking about earlier, as far as the um trying to bring training into this and win the drill and the senior guy and this, and now the brotherhood and the culture and then having those shit bags and don't know the job. There are so many lessons to be learned and taught in the firehouse. There's nothing to do with the big red truck, tools, but going to the fires. It's simple as committee work, prepping the meal. It's all a team. It's a family, right? So it's as simple as, and if you saw my last post about pulling the pin, right? My opinion, A great fireman, right? Yeah. He can do all these things. The key thing is to know where to fit in. So, by pulling that pin after that, the other guy cuts the gate or cuts the lock, right? He pulls that pin, he knew where to be the next step. Well, that's as simple as sweeping the floor and then getting the mop bucket ready. Simple lesson. Simple as you're chopping onions, right? You're going to make a nice sauce on a Sunday, right? Chopping onions, getting the garlic ready. Well, get the guy to get the oil ready. He knew where to fit in. That's a lesson right there. That's the guy who stretched the line. Now, the onion choppers tasting the kings. Basic stuff, man. Like, so there's so many lessons on so many levels. If you could take those lessons and then flip them to these guys that are lost in the brotherhood or not one to uh, train, they want to be that introvert, just tell them, listen, you just chopped the onions. I'm going to get all already. And then when it's all said and done, that's your drill for the night. Talk about it. Listen, if the onions were the kinks and oil was the nozzle, I just stretched the line, man. That was a drill. Easy drill. He's the guy who didn't want to drill earlier. He doesn't really part of the brotherhood of the family. Well, he's forced to when you're prepping the meal. Break it down for him so that he understands it. When you go out the door it's 10 minutes later, he's thinking about onions. You're thinking about oil, and it's done. I love it.
5: I love it that. It really is that simple.
2: Yeah.
5: Honestly, that was great, Mick. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I like my, uh, my yeah. paint,
2: Matt, right? No. <laughs> Matt always breaks my balls about my paint analogy, my being a painter.
1: <laughs> so well, I love it, man. It's good, Mike. It's golden, bro. I, I,
0: I, I think all of this is. And, you know, I'm looking at this tonight. We got over 170 people watching live right now on our YouTube um, live feed. And I think it's fantastic. And I think it's because people are looking for something. You know, you guys here tonight are people that – are followed and looked up to in the fire service. Um, you know more than ever now in the fire service, we have the ability to find outside training. We have the ability to find outside influences that we never really had before on on such a scale. You know, even going five years ago, let alone ten to twenty years ago, you know, there were only one or two big platforms that allowed for the message to get out, and then there were a handful of training conferences. Um, Bring it fast forward to 2020. I mean, before the coronavirus settled down in the United States, I mean, there are conferences everywhere. There's training There's tons of training companies. There are training pages such as the four of you that put out articulate, smart, well thought out and street street uh, authenticity type training that people come to rely on from you guys. Never before have we had the ability to do this. How important is it today more than ever for firefighters to seek out this external training and finding other avenues to better themselves?
1: You know, it's Jeremy, we talked about a little bit earlier. You do see a lot of companies uh, popping up or a lot of training pages popping up. And a lot of guys are negative right away. Their first uh, thought is to be negative towards them. But we kind of talked about it before. Maybe there's some kid in a rural department that came up with something that you know, he's able to pass along to other departments. And if, you know, it doesn't matter what his experience level is, we should embrace that instead of trying to knock it. And I just feel like a lot of times we're quick to judge um, on the basis that they don't necessarily have all the experience. Again, we don't know their history. We don't know uh, where they came from. So we should, again, if it's a good idea, we should embrace it. The only thing that, that I can personally say that upsets me as when guys blatantly rip things off and and don't give credit because like many others, I'm sure all of us do it all the time. We are constantly um, giving information that was passed down to us, but it's important that we acknowledge where we got it from and uh, continue to honor those that we learned from.
3: The only thing I got with that for like, uh, I know for me, what I always tell people, same thing when I'm teaching, if you take something from me, by all means, I don't care. Like me, I do not care. But the only thing I challenge you to do then is make it better and make it your own. If you just take something and use it and pour it off as yourself, you're doing no justice to the fire service. If you take something, and let's say I take something from you, Boogie, if I take something from you, guess what? This is from you, but I'm going to make it better than yours because that's how we get better. We learn from each other and we make ourselves better every single time. You take ownership of it,
0: right? Boom. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, everybody that's on here tonight watching this content, they could be doing something else, but they choose to be here tonight because we afforded them the ability to be here tonight. I think that's awesome because never before have we been able to do that until the last few years where we have the ability to put out content where six guys sitting in a chat room tonight that just have some real world experience and want to share some stories and experiences people are looking for that. And I think this is the way that we have the ability to influence and mold and shape um, firefighters that are looking for some type of influence that they might not be getting it in their own house. They might not be getting it in their own company or department. um, And they're looking for something more. So this is fantastic. So external training, let's talk about the importance of that. These conferences um, pushing the ownership of yourself to go out and push yourself to be better. Um, You know, Uh, Nick, would you mind hopping in on that? I know you like to instruct and teach. Just how important is it for the mindset of the firefighter to go try different things, meet different people?
5: Well, well, it's tremendous. And, you know, Matt in particular has been around quite a bit too. Um, You know, the guys here get a lot of contact with other people. And that's very important because, you know, you realize that your way isn't the only way. Your way isn't the right way. There's a lot of different ways. And what's really neat is when you teach, you learn. Right. Uh, but but when you can go and share something and, and see a student from a different region totally interpret it a different way and make it five times better than what you thought you were doing and you already thought you had, you know, the best way. It's like, man, why didn't I why didn't I think of that, you know, um, so it's, it's really just great to get out and, and see different people and, and even just the culture and, and all that. And and feel like you're with people that are just trying to learn something new, even if it's not the latest and greatest. It's just different, and and there's so much to be begotten from it. I mean, it's just a great environment. Get out of your out of your little bubble and and go and and um you know push yourself a little bit. Nice, Matty,
0: you've traveled all over, man. You and I've gone to a couple of different conferences, training conferences together. Um, how important is it to align yourselves with like-minded people, and what does that do to you? You know, what does that do for your, um,
1: your own self-worth and, and growth? Yeah, I, Jeremy, it's, it's been, an, I, when I started this, um, this journey in the fire service, um, I never in a million years would have thought or expected to, for it to go this way. And I've just been extremely uh, fortunate. And I have had the ability, I, I know we were just out in Texas recently, um, been all across the country uh teaching and i'll tell you that i actually feel bad uh because i feel like a lot of times i'm taking more than i'm giving and it truly is a a breath of fresh air a lot of we all get in the ruts at at, anyone who sits there and says they've never been in a rut in their career is is flat out lying to you because it just happens um and when you go to these things you just get this resurgence you know and it just you know you you leave there and you want to high five and hug everybody uh, when you walk out and when you get back into work, I know that of course that's not allowed anymore. Uh, hopefully we can do it again one of these days uh, but we'll, up until you know, until that happens we'll just have to do some foot taps. but uh, you know it's just it is just an amazing amazing feeling uh, to surround yourself with people that are just all on the same page. It really is you know and, and from all regions, you know I love asking you know people are always asking questions to me. And I want to learn more about them than they do about me. I can't explain the, the 25 man group chart. It's impossible. Uh, they had a class on an improbable school. I can't, you know, I, I still don't know when I work half the time, but uh, you know, it's just you know, listening to things like, like Mo Davis the other day, I yeah. can't wait to go to work. You know, when, when meeting that man and listening to him, absolutely phenomenal. And I've had many, many experiences like that uh, throughout this country. And I hope to continue with it.
4: I think one of the, uh, one of the things too with these conferences is that you get there like, and there might be a little apprehension at first. And this is speaking for me, like going to something like burning into Bayou and participating in it for the first, you know, for that first day to document it from this per, per, uh, perspective of a student with national fair radio, but like you're there. And and probably within the first 25 minutes, you realize you're surrounded by people who are there to better themselves. Like nobody, nobody was holding a gun to anybody's head and saying, Hey, you have to be here. So it was very positive to be s- surrounded by all these people who were there for the right reasons. And that reason was to become better firefighters. And then there was some kind of like community in that. And it was just a, you know, like Matt said before, like this high-fiving afterwards in this audience, like you were really, you went through something with all of these people.
1: And, and Rob, you, you make connections that stay with you for a while. You know, I, I have guys today, I was talking to two guys up in the, uh, the upper uh, Massachusetts, actually, one's in Maine, one's in Mass, talking about a, a conference that's coming up in October. Uh, and, and again, just, you know, you continue those relationships throughout your career. And there, I'm sure there'll be a time that uh, I can lean on them for something and vice versa.
0: You know, yeah. I just got a, Maddie, I just got a text from uh, Gareth, who you met down in Texas. He came out to dinner with us that night. He's a firefighter in Texas and he sat with us, remember? And he just texted me. Absolutely. He was watching tonight, and he said that that was a that was a big moment for him in the fire service because, you know, a lot of people, Mick, you hit on this too in our show, um, you know, not understanding that there is this whole other culture out there. Um, you know, a lot of guys are in their bubbles. Uh, I saw it in the comments before that, and it's not that not to the detriment of who they are or why they're in that bubble, but they just they don't know what else or what other opportunities are out there that's afforded to them. And, uh, and I think it's, it's so important to be able to get out there and try different things. And my biggest thing, I mean, it's probably because, you know, I'm an introvert myself, but just meeting other people. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the, the storytelling and, and getting to meet guys, I mean, I didn't know any of you two years ago. None of, none of these relationships were formed, you know, this is, this is all new relationships that are based on similarities of what we're all looking for and want, Right. I mean, I'm going to walk away from tonight. I'm, I'm pumped, man. This has just been a fantastic hour and I'm hoping to go a little bit longer here with you guys, but I mean, it's just when it, when it works, it works. Um, It's so important to get out and try this. It's important to get out and meet people and it's okay not to know it's okay to go learn, Um, you know, going out and being able to learn from somebody else that knows a whole lot more than you do, or maybe just in a different discipline or genre is incredibly important. It makes you a better person. It makes you a better firefighter all the way around.
2: Jeremy, like you were saying, um, I never knew this existed up until probably a year and a half ago. I'd never been to a fire conference in my life. I've never done anything beyond what my job has given me. Um, I never thought I needed to, but to be honest with you, after finding all this, I've realized that what I needed was this this culture, this family, this subculture that that we've all provided. So. Anyone watching us, listening, or whatever it is, um, go to these conferences, meet these people, because I didn't, and I waited too long in my career for this to happen. So I think timing in life is is perfect for me with this because I feel like I'm a, I'm at the point now where I can give back a bit. But prior to this, man, only thing I was thinking about was fishing, drinking, skateboarding, whatever it was, man. Music, playing my drums, like
1: shopping. It. All I wanted to.
2: Do. I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Was just like party, go to work, go to fires, hardcore, and like just boom, boom, boom. And then I realized this whole thing's out there. And uh, you know what? It's okay to love the job. That's that thing everyone says, and it's the truth, man. Like, through all these guys out there that are, that are putting down this stuff, man. Listen, I put my fans out here right now, and everyone in here knows me. That yeah, this is a this is big for me. Same with Matt. Same with Chris. Yeah. Nick, you've been out in the scene for a while, but this is big for us, man. This is hard for us to do. It's not easy because we take a lot of a lot of heat on the back end from people. So just understand that, like, love it, get out there, do it, live it, be it. You only live once,
5: through it, man. Like, it's it. Best job in the world. And just embrace it. If I could add to that and, and back it up just a little bit, um, you know, you, we talked about the brotherhood. Listen, the brotherhood isn't something you can, that's sitting on a shelf and you can go buy it. You know if it's not there you got to make it and and even if it's there and it's not your flavor then you're gonna have to figure it out and and the next step to this whole social media thing um you know what some people use social media for it's an outcry because they they work in a place that might be a little sour or maybe they just work in a small place and it's them and another person and and they're using it as an outlet in order to share information to just say hey we're doing this what are you doing you know, and a great example of this, and I'm gonna add them right here is, is a group on Instagram called the Up Valley North Enders. And, and there's a couple guys out there in California and they're, they're working very hard and they're rocking and they're doing great stuff on Instagram. And, you know, their beginnings from what I recall was that they were just having a hard time. There wasn't much of a culture. So they said, hey, let's make one. And now if you look at them, those guys, if you look at their posts, they're having a good time and they're doing good work.
4: 100%. Yeah.
1: Nick, that's actually where, I mean, when you think about it, that's kind of how the Fools organization came to be. Those guys down in Florida that didn't, you know, they weren't, they were unhappy with the way that the fire service training was going, how it was focused on EMS. Uh, You know, it was about getting CEUs. It was about, you know, getting the hazmat training. It was, it was not focused on firefighting. The reason that we came into this profession and um, they started an organization called the Fools. And now you see chapters throughout the country that are really doing great things and great training. Uh, And it's a tremendous organization to be a part of. Yep.
2: I
0: love it. I mean, you guys are hitting on so many things. I wrote down, um, I have a piece of paper that I'm keeping notes on just as we go. And uh, I wrote down, thank you with an exclamation point, Mick, after you talked real quick. Um, Because I I can appreciate um, to an extent how difficult it is for you guys but you guys walk in some busy firehouses and have to deal with guys that don't really believe in or see the value of putting yourself out there, or keeping it in for yourselves. And so for you guys to be here tonight to accept responsibility for the content you're putting out. um, I know it's not easy for all you guys. And I, I truly, truly appreciate all of this. Um, It means the world, but I can tell you this guys like myself, take such value away from experiences like this tonight. And I know everybody watching this tonight and everybody that's going to watch this as they go forward. And it's available on YouTube. The value that comes out of something like this tonight is just, uh, I I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know where to rank it because what you guys offer and what you bring to the table, whether it's through one of your Instagram posts, or it's through, uh, doing a live feed podcast with me tonight, the value you guys bring to so many people I don't think the four of you really understand how much and how big you touch people in a way that could better their fire service uh, careers, their, their lives, their, you know, people are misguided and lo- or, or, uh, or confused or, or lost, or they're in a rut, like Matt said before. And you know what? Something like this can bring people back on track. And I just, I just, Mick, thanks for saying that because I want to thank you guys for coming in tonight to be able to offer that. Uh- to everybody that's watching. I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. It really is. And we need more of you guys to put out more content like this to really educate our firefighters, especially that younger generation of what's expected and what we need in this
2: fire service. I think it's fantastic. I really do. I mean, that's great. And just just to go off that, though. Yeah. Any of the, any of the young guys out there that are watching this, um, understand there is tremendous literature out there. Guys, the... <laughs> The real deal, man. Like this is cool. And uh we all have some experience and, and some stories to tell, but there is stuff out there. There are guys that are still doing it, that aren't getting social media um presence. And sure. they have a little bit, but don't overlook that, man, because they are the guys that blaze the trails, lead the way. Um their knowledge is just it's it's superior. It just it is what it is. And just seek that out. Take the time to find the old firehouse magazine, the old fire magazines.
5: If they're if they like if laying around
2: the firehouse with an old article from 1996, you might find you know, like one of those in the firehouse somewhere. Take the time to go through those pages and read it. I know these kids don't even know what a magazine is anymore, but the stuff that's in there and these guys that came before they are the—they're the, the ones that are doing it, man, and uh, they're still doing it. So just take the time to find it.
1: Mike, I actually happen to be wearing yeah. my, my Andy Fredericks uh, my sweatshirt tonight, and and you're talking right. about that aren't even on social media or guys that have gone before us that we have to, you know. Pay homage to and honor. That that man was light years ahead of his his time. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, for the young guys who, who don't know who Andy is, you know, do a Google search, find some of his articles, find his book. Uh it's it is well worth your time your, to research that and to uh and it's a great way to honor him as well.
4: I think that, you know, yeah. you you talk about that, uh Matt and and, and, and Mickey, what you just said about um, the people before us an awesome tidbit I got was uh, I actually listened to an old older uh, firex talk and they talked about this uh, you know, you can get the book of Andy Fredericks out there and you can download it into a PDF. And I actually downloaded it and printed it out for, for guys in the firehouse because it was so just so filled with this information. And you talk about the people who like blaze that trail before us. It's a great resource out there and you can Google it and it just, uh, yeah, the book of Andy, there it is. And you can get that you know, and give it to people and pass that knowledge along.
2: I think uh, Gary Lane, I think his name is right, did that. I don't know, Gary. Um, I just no heard believes. a podcast talking about it. Um, seems like a square to a guy. Yeah. But um, I think he spent some, a yeah. lot of time and money with that together.
1: You are, Mike. You're correct, Mike. It is Gary Lane. It's uh, It's not easy to find, but uh, it is out there. Uh, and if somebody actually finds me, you know, obviously hit me up on IG. I can uh, point you in the right direction.
0: I, I wanna say this though, too. Um, you know, I agree with you guys 100%, but please understand you guys are the ones that are educating them about the OGs. Like without, see, when, when technology changes and we push forward, I mean, tonight we're on YouTube and on Zoom and we have the ability to do this, right? The guys that we read their articles, those OG guys, right? The guys that, were, that came before us, the generation before us and the generation before them and the generation before them, We have that obligation to pass on more than ever their teachings because that's what influenced us. If you guys weren't here tonight, the Book of Andy would have never been brought up. We would have never discussed what influences influenced us. Why are you guys sitting here tonight? Because of all of that. So if you guys weren't here tonight, right, we're we're never going to forget the ones that come before us. But somebody has to mention it and talk about it. And now more than ever, as technology is changing and pushing forward, you guys decided for your own reasons to start your pages, bring forth that obligation to teach this next generation that might not be reading books, tell them books are still good. Go read. There's pictures in them, you know, like, but we have that responsibility and obligation. So, you know, so don't, don't think that your message isn't as important. Your message is as important because it's molding and shaping that next generation while 100%. the benefits of the previous generation. I want you guys to truly
2: understand that. Brian Butler from Urban Fire Training has a great thing in one of his classes. He speaks about collapse and Vinnie Dunn, right? As everyone knows Vinnie Dunn, if you don't know Vinnie Dunn, go buy his book, Collapse in Burning Buildings. But he makes an amazing point where you can read a book now, you read a chapter and say, okay, Pancake Collapse. Go to your computer, pull it up and watch Pancake Collapse 42 times in a row. Right? Lean to collapse. Read that. Go watch that a hundred times in a row. Right. So that way in real life, how many times do you see it collapse? Maybe once in your life, if you're unlucky. So that's the level we're at now where you can take these books and almost cross-reference it with what's going on with us on the, the social media or the YouTube side and the OGs, like we like to call them, and what they've written before. You can now read what they do and look at it. And Brian does a great thing um, his collapsed class. He, he, he talks about that and gets into great detail, but, um, great point by Brian for that, you know?
0: I love it. I mean, that that's what this is all about, right? It's taking what we learn. And now more than ever, we can go out, digest what we've learned and then go explore it even further. Um, yeah. And I, I think that just reverts into what my theory is on today's training. Um, I mentioned it to you guys just in passing the other day about the whole, like, I, I equate it to like an ice cream shop, right? One day you want cookies and cream, the next day you want coffee, the next day you want vanilla. Like you have the ability now more than ever, and this really brings a full circle how we started the whole conversation tonight. We have the ability now more than ever to seek out whatever types of content and training by whoever we want to, right? If I'm in the mood for building collapse, I can go digest Vinny Dunn. If I want to go after... Uh, engine company work, I can scroll through like Elkhart and go to Ray McCormick and, uh, you know, guys like that, right? And then, you know, if I want truck work, I mean, like the list goes on and on. We haven't really had that until the last, I don't know, few years, 10 years, 15 years, but now more than ever, right? We all have the ability, everybody watching tonight, everybody scrolling through has the ability now, whatever mood they're in or whatever discipline they want to digest, they can go find that.
2: What a valuable tool. What a valuable you, know, st- you know, we started this talking about the senior man in the training. Well, and I know a lot of people are probably watching this thinking like, well, we don't have a senior man. We don't have training. It's me and three other guys sitting around. It sucks. Well, now the senior man is the phone, right? Right here. The palm of your hand. This is your senior man. And like Jeremy was saying, it's an ice cream store. Whenever you want to look at that day, for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes, you want to read two hours. It's right here in the palm of your hand. This is all you need anymore. So there's no more excuses. You can't hype anymore. It's all right here.
0: I agree, Mick. I absolutely agree. Um, Guys, some last thoughts. I mean, the last thoughts are going to go on for a little bit. We've been going for an hour and 15 or so, um, but I just want to get some last thoughts. I mean, we hit on some great stuff tonight. We could probably go on for hours and hours, um, but um, I just want to throw it out there to you guys. Um, Last thoughts. We're... The feedback on uh, YouTube tonight's been fantastic. There's been a lot of back and forth. And the one thing I noticed in the comments, more than any live feed that I've ever watched, whether on whatever platform, but the comments have all been 100% supportive and people are answering each other on them. And people are asking for emails so they can send people stuff. Like, it's a fantastic community, man. I mean, that's what this is. Um, I'm floored by that. And there were people asking questions on here um and so on just about culture and in the situations they're in but i'd love to maybe just get a few um couple minutes uh out of each of you or some thoughts or ideas just on some closings um as to um i don't know just your take on tonight and, uh, and the fire service in general i'd love to get some closing comments anybody want to start
1: pags i threw you three under the bus when we first started so why not man you know what i feel a lot more relaxed uh so let's go with it you know, I it's that red wine. <laughs> it is that red wine. You know, the. Right. Wine, but, um, the uh, it's funny. I, I I went to I did go to college. I went to school, a very very small uh, community college out in Colorado, on what I call a fireman scholarship because uh, I was like a a resident student resident firefighter. Obviously, we didn't have any fraternities, and I was you know I was upset by that, but um, getting into this into the fire service was a fraternity and it's actually the largest fraternity there is. And you, you can't forget that. Uh, there are so many people out there that, you know, you can draw information from, uh, and, and are there to support you through good times and bad. And especially during times like this, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier with training classes that are going on online. Not only are myself and and Nick and Mike and, and, Tons uh, putting out great information, but there's so many other pages. I know uh, Chief Nick Martin um, down in Salisbury is, is doing online seminars. I know Bobby Eckhart is doing some. He's actually got a raffle coming up. I know uh, Brian Butler and Trenton. Uh, we've already mentioned a lot of these names and they're doing Absolutely. classes are constantly out there. Take advantage of, of this right now. This is something that you're, and we know there's a lot of uh, seminars. And a lot of uh, big, you know, obviously one of the biggest ones uh, was supposed to be in a couple of weeks. And it is, um, unfortunately, it's, it's canceled, uh, as well as uh, the one in uh, Nashville, you know. But take advantage of what you have at your fingertips, as, as Mick was just pointing out. You know, use that phone, use that computer, research things, take the time to actually search things out. Um, maybe do a little uh, fire service history research, you know, and bring it back to your department and just better everybody because that's what the community. As a whole, needs positivity instead of negativity.
0: It's fantastic. Thank you, Chris. You got anything for me, pal?
3: This is my face. I hate you guys for doing this. <laughs> Wait, uh, I saw you on the other night, so let's not <laughs> let's not get carried away here. No, yeah. um, the, the hardest The hardest thing to do is just understand that don't teach to the choir. You know, don't preach to the choir. Uh, a lot of people want to take your classes because they love you they they want to learn so you don't gotta go through the whole spiel of you know this is why you gotta love the job we know why they got a little job because they're there with all the instructors a good firefighter will realize if an instructor is bullshit right off the bat or if he's the real deal bottom line is man anybody can read out of a book i can read anything off a powerpoint slide anybody can it, it doesn't make an instructor but it makes an instructor somebody who truly cares about them academies it is what it is. Academy. There's good academies, there's bad academies, there's good instructors out there, there's bad instructors out there. But what you need to do is stop just seeing stuff online or even on my page or anybody else's page and say, that's the way we got to do it. What you need to do is take this information, test it out yourself and yeah. test it out in the parking lot, but don't rely on that parking lot to be the end all be all for everything. Take it into the streets, take it into the academy, fail try everything out but don't automatically read something and be like well this is the way it is. Right now I'm I'm studying for promotional exams. Every single book contradicts itself. Every single one. So which one do I go through? Which one do I pick? You have to make the decision for yourself, especially on the streets. On the streets, chapter 4 doesn't put out the fucking fire. It just re- makes you understand what you're doing. I want to remember the last four times I did it. Not what it said in chapter 4.
0: Yeah. Well said, Chris. Thank you. It's fantastic, Mick. You had top floor tactics. Talk to me, brother. I mean, you you uh, you got a lot. Uh, you got a lot of great nuggets. Um, I enjoyed my time with you in the studio. Um, what do you have? Some closing remarks
2: for me? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go to the senior men that are tuning in tonight with us. Um, there's probably a few guys you work with that you're all squared away you're cohesive you work good together. Um, but understand that when you get to a certain point, it's not over. Now it begins up here. This is what makes good firemen. This is what makes great firemen, is that knowing what to expect, when to expect it, right? So what's gonna make me not a better fireman, but nowhere where to be that much more ahead of you is four inches. And those four inches are in between my ears, it's my brain. And you have to get to that level. Yes, we talked a lot about the early stuff about senior guys, training, probies, new guys, blah, 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 right? And Who's gonna pass it on? Well, the guy's passing it on. You still have to elevate yourself every day you come to work. You still have to be motivated. And by motivating, you're gonna have to look at buildings a little bit differently. Gonna look at situations differently. And that amongst the senior guys, you have to come together and now drill together. Leave the junior guys out of it, come together as a core unit of the company, and educate this by educating that you can pass it on to them and that's the long run um and that's all i got as far as what we're talking about as far as tactics and training but um thank you Jeremy, for having me on and thank you for getting me out of my shell i thank you all the time but um that's it man That's really all i got uh that's it man and thanks for the guys in here because everyone everybody in 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 this on this panel has been super supportive so um, and I think that goes around for all of us. I think we're all pretty supportive of each other. So, thank you guys, and thanks everyone. Awesome,
5: thank you. you? Mr. Esposito, Truck Tactics, talk to me, yeah. bro. So I'm I'm gonna speak to the to the guy that feels like he's the man on the island. You know, um, we all struggle. I, you know, I I go to work some days and I'm not wired tight, and um, and I leave work sometimes and I'm very disappointed at my performance. You know. And so it's a daily struggle. And so, you know, guys have to just realize that. And it's easy to say, always be positive. It's easy to say, don't, don't dwell on the negative, try to find the positive in something. Um, it's a journey and, and that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, if, if you know you're gonna go into work and, and you work with another guy or two other guys or a house full of guys and they're all negative, try to be positive, you know, look past it. And, and if you can can build some coping mechanisms for yourself it'll be so much better of a, of an experience for you and you will grow and you will learn and you'll be a much more productive person and they don't have to like you. But if you know, at the end of the day that you put out a good product that you, you, you performed at that call, whether it was a, you know, just a regular medical call for somebody at a, a senior center, or if it was a good job, if you know that you put the best version of you out there, then you're winning, you know, and that's, that's really what it's about.
0: I love it. I think, um, I thank all of you guys for your, your, you know, your closing remarks and just your, your conversation tonight. Um, I cherish opportunities and nights like tonight. Um, And I say opportunity because it is, it's an opportunity for everybody that watched to digest what was said here tonight. Um, You know, none of us have the answers, but I think when you work in a cohesive group and we talk about surrounding yourself with people that enjoy, you know, with similar likes and understandings and, and so on mentality, you know, we're all going to win. Um, and I just, the opportunity tonight was to get some of you and your messages out there because I know people are looking, there are people looking for direction, there's people looking for reassurance, and there's people looking for like-minded individuals because they might not have them immediately in their life. And so the, the responsibility we each carry on with our pages and what we do is massive. Um, and I think the reason why, um, you know, you guys are so successful with your pages is because you carry that responsibility to heart and you understand how important that is, um, not just for yourself, but also to the fire service. So, um, you know, I just want to say thank you tonight for taking the time out of your busy schedules, um, you know, to be here and to get the good word out. Um, There's so much good in this job. Um, There's so much good to be offered. Um, People have to be willing to open up and digest it and be willing to hear it, um but there is so much good out there don't let the pessimism win don't let the shit bags win this job is so much bigger than all of that and uh thanks guys i mean truly thank you for being here tonight i truly mean it um, i appreciate all of you i wish you all the best with your pages and your content your training um and all your connections um matt we'll just go around matt you're the first one on my screen so that's why i keep coming to you um
1: matt with boogie down truck work right the uh instagram you got it at boogie down truck work um and I, I just got a PDF sent to me with the Andy Fredericks. Um, so anyone who's looking for it can hit me up, uh, PM me and I will send it to you. I'm also, uh, I have a couple of reading lists that I can kind of go through and uh, pick out probably the best things that, that you know about the, the mental aspect that, that uh, Mikey was talking about before and uh, some fire service books that I've read through the years and pass those along as well if anyone's interested.
0: Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And,
1: and Jeremy, I yeah, should also thank, that, you, thank you for the opportunity tonight and, and obviously thank all the guys. I've met you all personally. Uh, I know I've developed relationships with all of you over the last few, uh, I guess the last year or so. It's been an absolute pleasure and I, I look forward to those continuing.
0: Awesome, bro. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Chris, hook in the can. Uh, it's the hook in can, right? Yeah. On Instagram. And uh, thank you for your content, bro. Pages. page is no, man. fantastic. You're crushing it.
3: Yeah, it's just, uh, bottom line, it's about being fun and having a good time. And if I can make somebody learn and laugh at the same time, this, This the fire service saved my life. Uh, I was in a dark time when I was younger. And if it wasn't for the fire service, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. So it, uh, the way I say it is, this saved my life. And the least I could do is share some knowledge. Outstanding. Thank you for that.
0: That, uh, that means the world, to share something like that. Uh, Mick, top floor tactics, my man, on Instagram.
2: Yes, top floor tactics. That's I have it on Facebook. Don't go there. That's, that's <laughs> no good over there. Uh, <laughs> I just got it. It's very evil, I guess you would say. But um, it's
1: uh,
2: um, this fall, I have a class coming out, um, Fire Academy to the Fire Floor by the Disconnect. Um, yeah. talking about some of these topics. Um, I'd be coming out in the fall, um, and also. You can find me on weaponizeyourmind.com and we're talking about more of a mental side of the job and that'll be coming up awesome. this fall as well.
0: Good to know. Thank you, sir. And, uh, Nick Esposito, truck underscore tactics, right? On the- right yeah. Instagram?
5: Yeah. Uh, th- man, thank you. I'm just happy to be in the room. Honestly, you guys are great. Uh, my first time really hanging out with Chris, uh, and it's been—it's been a good time. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Um, It's—it's it's just a blast because I'm just a, a, a guy that I'm just a fireman having fun, and and somehow I got sucked up in this, and I, I appreciate it. So um, we're all the
0: same, Nick. We're all the same.
5: But yeah, so truck underscore tactics—that's me. Um, listen, hit me up if you got any questions or whatever. Um, and and again, I'm just happy to be here.
0: And I think that's the best part, and I think that's how we sum this up, right, is everybody in this chat group tonight, everybody in this live feed is approachable. Um, If you get DMs or people reach out, everybody's looking to help one another, and I think that's what this is all about. So, fellas, thank you um, you being a part of this tonight, man. I thought it was awesome. Uh, We're going to be doing more of this, and I will certainly have you guys and ask you guys to be back. Um, I appreciate our friendships, and uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing for the fire service. So, thanks for... uh, Thanks for being part of this tonight. Thanks boys. Pleasure for everybody.
3: Watching,
0: <laughs> there it is for everybody <laughs> watching, uh, on YouTube tonight. Thank you. This was our first live stream. Uh, I hope it uh, went well. I hope it, uh, you know, everything went well in the sound and uh, volume and the content. Um, we're going to be looking to do more of this. We're looking to do a steady show once a week, I think on, uh, streaming live on Facebook or on, uh, YouTube, excuse me. Um, uh, <laughs> So we're excited for that, and we're going to be bringing more guests in, just like these four guys, um, to talk about the job and talk about the culture and what we all love about it. So um, thanks for taking time out tonight and joining us um, for Jeremy, my man Rob over here. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. I love it. Rob, (laughs) I need Rob. Without Rob, I got nothing. So, Rob, thank you. (laughs) Appreciate it, man.
4: No problem, Uh, brother.
0: Good. Everybody take care, yeah. be safe, and uh, enjoy your night. And that's a wrap. So, have a good night, everyone. So, hang on. How do you end it? I got to end it. People are still watching, right? We're still live feeding. I got to <laughs> yeah. remember how to do
3: this now. Hang on one second. I'm going to screw this up. I know. It. All right. So, Venting a peak roof. What's Hang up? Hang on. <laughs> oh no. No.
2: Why I, do I gotta you take a sure want to talk about a peak roof.
4: <laughs>
2: uh
3: she walked away. <laughs>
1: Let's see. I gotta take a I gotta take a I hope he's still mic'd up. Uh you got I'm still mic'd up. We're still live at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> still alive, baby. We're still live, baby.
0: I gotta figure this out. This is the this is the worst part we of it. We don't life. know how to disconnect. Are you kidding?
1: You hear that? (laughs) It's a good stream
0: you have going, buddy. Thanks, pal. I have no idea what I'm doing. This
1: is not my my gig. Get your kids, man. I was talking about your stream. I was talking about Mix. (laughs) Rob,
0: where's Sebi when I need him?
4: Do you have to switch me over as the host so I
3: can end this for you? No, oh, I'm, this is hilarious. No. This is so funny can, right now.
0: No, Well, it's still streaming on on YouTube. That's the funniest part about all this. I have to end it on YouTube first. And, of course, I don't remember how to do that. I was showed today, and now I don't
3: remember. All right. So <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Hang on. Is that a? Sh- he's got a shark chilling in the background. <laughs> top floor just has a chair and Fikitan has like a, a messed up bed which like he's got the best back lighting possible and then Rob got yelled at before <laughs> Rob, I have no idea how
0: to end this thing. I need to say You know it. what
1: it is? Unfortunately, the hotel staff is uh a skeleton crew, so uh I don't get my bed made every night and the, the mints aren't on my pillow. It's unfortunate. Um, I, I, I
3: So are I'm you still getting like are you still there. getting the small shower
1: things? Oh yeah. No, the shower's oh, need a heated floor too in the Bro, I need like when I go there, I need like ten towels.
2: Matt, are you quarantined?
1: Oh yeah, quarantined. We'll, we'll talk about are that you? after as soon as this huge... Two
2: thing ends. Uh, I'll
1: yeah, it. I figured. Yes, <laughs> uh, God, Don't hang on. Still going,
2: dude. I can't.
5: Yeah. The <laughs> <life>. God, <I'm laughs> right i right now. I hope I didn't miss anything.
1: Do we want to have? Uh, no,
4: that's okay. You can play it back later.
1: This
5: is like the after show right
3: now. <laughs> something?
1: What's the next? What's the next one going to be about? Let's ask the. Uh, let's ask the people out there. What do you want the next topics to be? We want some responses on there, Jeremy.
2: Jeremy, just pulled the plug out, man. Just, yeah.
1: Is that what you did?
0: Is that how you got on this thing tonight?
5: This is awesome.
0: This is, this is dumb.
3: This is the worst part.
5: Uh, we're firemen, not tech. Classic, classic fireman.
3: Hey,
4: remember in the beginning when we were shitting on Mickey for not
2: getting his video up? <laughs> yeah you're crushing me, you're yeah. crushing me oh man yeah. i don't
0: know why i can't call Sebi right now it's not letting me call him all
1: right why
2: don't you just send the- your
4: phone a friend Sebby said go okay. through the steps again
1: just send us another zoom invite we can talk after
0: no the problem is i don't care about zoom it's signing
2: off of youtube
1: i, I think what- i think what nick said is the best just pull the plug
2: yeah close the window man
1: yeah cut the cord
3: so, what's everybody's take on uh, the peaked roofs
5: here, guys? Yeah. Early and often. Sometimes <laughs> <twice>. <laughs> Well,
2: Nick uh, put out this ridiculous sticker that's floating around out there. I don't support it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's not it's crime, a crime, bro. A cool, <laughs> it's, a cool sticker. it's not a crime. I love it. Yeah.
1: If only I had a creative bone in my body to come up with a sticker, I had Time to hit you up for stickers, Nick.
5: Oh, I know it's it's ridiculous. It's I got to put my kids in <laughs> <through> college somehow.
1: <laughs>
5: Obviously, they're not going to Ivy League. do yeah. no, <laughs> get
1: And I didn't mean because of knowledge. I apologize. I meant
5: your yeah. No. You're <laughs> price. Where is it? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: You got Nicky stickers over there. hey, look at That's me. Right. I'm Nicky That's stickers. That's
5: right.
1: Nicky <laughs> stickers
5: get some
1: (laughs) you know what he's got he's got to talk with like the thing to the point Uh, yeah
5: it's it's bad bad.
3: (laughs) you know top four you have a doc backwards what you have a doc yeah jesus christ i go to your i'm
0: on hold on
2: hold on hold on
0: on. i go to edit video video,
5: right Let it go, Sam, bro. This is, making awesome. a live this is awesome. Right.
1: Semi appearance by Semi. And then you have
5: <laughs> to go for the live. Uh, live. Where's the live? Oh, here
0: it is. Right. Do I yeah. clip? Chris, where are you working?
3: Right. We'll discuss that in a little bit. Right. Edit. And end stream. There. Are you sure you want to end stream?